My message today is entitled, What Are You Giving Out? Let me begin. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. John 3.16 The crux of the Christian faith. The verse for salvation. The verse for the Gospel. The verse for perfect love. But it's also the verse for demonstrating how and why we give. God so loved us. He loved us so much that He sent His very, very best. He gave His Son. Greg, there's a buzz or something up here. I don't know what it's from. He offered us Jesus. He gave up Jesus as a sacrifice because it was the only way that He could bring us to Himself. It's good. It's the only way that He could bring us to Himself for all eternity. He gave not to meet a temporary need, but an eternal need. Thus He gave with the most solemn and most loving motivation. You know people today in the flesh, whether you realize it or not, and people do it, whether they realize it or not, people often give to get something in return. That's just part of our flesh. God gave Jesus so that we would be blessed to come to Him in eternity. Throughout the Bible, we see how the Holy Spirit moves on the hearts of men and women who follow Him to give out of that same motivation, to share Jesus with those who have a need that the world can't fill. In the book of Acts, we see two of Jesus' disciples teaching us this lesson. We're going to study in Acts chapter 3 an event that happened as the gospel went forth. And God was using His followers to share the gospel with the world. Acts chapter 3, verse 1. Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. Verse 2. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful to ask alms from those who entered the temple. He was looking for money to get, to get something. Acts 3, verse 3. Who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. Listen, there are plenty of needy people in the world. There's no denying that. And even though some people are dishonest, we all have a story where we gave to someone on the side of the road and that person went home and did something else with it than we thought they were going to. Even though some people will manipulate others to give to them, it doesn't negate the fact that there are many, many more who are honestly broken and destitute and poor, impoverished, hungry, and in need of assistance. We see it all over the place from people who come to food pantries and food trucks to people who apply for assistance through other channels to people who call our church, every church, on a weekly basis, asking for us and for other churches to pay their rent or to 
pay their medication or to pay their utility bills, to buy them diapers and formula and other needs. There are people begging on street corners. I'm from Bay City. Every time you go into Bay City, there's always someone on the corner as soon as you come into town. Always. There's people begging on the corners and looking for handouts, whatever they can get. Their needs, for the most part, are real. So what are we to do? We can't help them all. As Christians, how should we respond? Well, this passage in Acts gives us an answer. It directs us as to how we should respond with the proper heart motivation and the proper goal in mind. Acts chapter 3, verse 4. And fixing his eyes on him, speaking of the man who was asking for alms, fixing his eyes on him with John, I'm sorry, Peter said now to this person, look at us. Look up at us. He had his head down and he was, put, he was so ashamed of where he was at, he's asking for something. And Peter said, look at us. Here's our first step in helping others. When people are down, the obvious thing to do is to look at their problems, to look at their misery, to look at what they don't have. This self-focus and this focus on lack usually comes or causes them to ask amiss or to ask for surface-level needs instead of understanding that true help is much deeper and much more complete. Now, people who are at the mercy of others should not be faulted for asking only for basic needs. That's all they know. We are the ones who have to get their focus off their despair. Now, also notice that Peter did not say, he did not say, look to us. He did not say, look to me. He said, look at us. In other words, our goal is not to get people dependent on us. Our goal is to lead people to Jesus. Their answer and their dependency should only rest on Jesus. Yet if we're not careful, and if we simply meet needs at a surface level only without giving them Jesus, then many times we make people dependent upon us. And we all know that it feels good to help others. And we should help others. But we need to know what we are giving out and who we need to be connecting them to when God uses us in these situations. Peter knew that the first step was to get this man to take his eyes off himself, off his problems, off his lack, and to look up, upward. Psalm 121, verse 1 and 2. I will lift up my eyes to the hills. From whence comes my help? My help comes from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. These are the words of the psalmist who knows that our only hope, our only help, our only answer comes from the Lord. If we truly believe this as well, then we need to give Jesus to others. He is where our help comes from. We can't simply give them what they're asking for without inserting Jesus into the equation. They are not always going to ask for Jesus because they don't know, as we do, that Jesus is the way and Jesus is the truth and Jesus is the life, that He is the light in the darkness, 
that He is the peace in the storm and the answer for every doubt they have. We need to give them Jesus. The more we give them what they want without ever giving them what they need, the more we, the more we reinforce that their help does not come from the Lord. We need to give them Jesus. Jesus implores us to look up all the more, to get to raise your eyes. He implores us as we approach Jesus' second coming. If you've not read the whole Bible, Jesus is coming back again. He's coming back for us. His bride is the family of God. And He tells us where our focus should be. We can't afford to keep people dependent upon us. We can't save anyone from their sins. We can't change anyone's eternity. We can't justify anyone. But Jesus can. Jesus gives us our script as we approach the end times. We have to be obedient and have to keep encouraging others to look up for their answer. Luke 21, verses 27 and 28. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to happen, look up. Lift up your heads because your redemption draws near. People will not find redemption by looking down at their problems, by looking into the world, or only looking to us to meet their basic needs. They all desperately need to look up to Jesus as we do. We have to give them Jesus. This is the message that we have to share. If we love others and want the best for them, our giving has to always be connected to Jesus. I'm not saying that we should not meet basic needs. We're called to do that. What I am saying is that meeting basic needs is how we extend the message of Jesus. If we give intentionally and if we give the way that God has taught us to give, we are commanded to help others in their time of need. But we absolutely have to give them Jesus. Otherwise, we make them dependent upon us or upon the world. We have to get their focus upward, just like Peter did with this man. Acts 3, verse 5. So, the man gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Okay, you got my attention. I still need alms. It didn't matter if this man didn't get it yet. It didn't matter if this man had the wrong motivation or if he was still looking for a human answer. The only thing that mattered first is that Peter convinced him to look up and to be open for God to move on his life. Verse 6, Then Peter said, Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. We need to give in the name and in the power of Jesus. We can't be afraid to share that. The power of Jesus is the only thing that truly sets people free. 
It's not about continuing to just give them basic needs and never inserting Jesus into the equation. We need to give them Jesus. We need to understand that people's requests come before us as an opportunity to give them Jesus. This is what the church does. Ants and I do it all the time. You probably would think, think we're nuts if you've seen us in stores. Honest to God. Someone's up there and they left their card at home or their credit card doesn't work or this doesn't work. And we say, we got it. In fact, we're gonna go, I'm going to go W order and get you two of those things that you want. We just did it last week in Bay City. And the two clerks working at 7-Eleven like, what are you doing? I've never seen anything like this. I'm not bragging. I'm saying that that's what we're all called to do is to give. And then when it happens, they, and, the, and someone said, wow, and Nancy said, God bless. And, 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 and the guy said, I've never seen that. And, and, and we said, this, this is God. God calls us to do that. God gives us opportunities all the time. It might be the smallest little thing, but when, when we give whatever it is, God wants to bless that person. It's not always in monetary ways. But if we remember that every opportunity that God allows in our lives is a divine appointment for us to share Jesus, then we're really meeting them at the heart of their need. You hear me pray this prayer all the time when, we, when it comes to our weekly offering. Lord, may these offerings meet practical needs to open a door, to open a mind, to touch a heart, to open a soul to Jesus. I cannot implore you enough. The reason why God blesses us is so that we can be a blessing to others. God gives us opportunities to share Jesus. The only hope. We cannot fail to give our, our Savior when we're giving out in these opportunities. It is a life or death matter for people. It must be our mission as a church to get involved in people's lives, to meet presenting needs, but not to stop there. All of our outreaches, all of our assistance, all of our ministry must be based on giving Jesus. We are a church. We are the body of Christ. We are to give out and talk about salvation. We are to bring people to the cross. Now, we can't change them, but if they come there, then Jesus will do that if they're willing. We need to implore them to rise up and walk in the power of His name. This means that we have to cast the net in different places. We have to go into the highways and into the byways. We have to leave no stone unturned. We can't assume that a certain population or a certain family or a certain group of people does not need Jesus. I remember one time meeting with some millionaires and they said to me, rich people need Jesus too. And they said this, rich people need pastors too. And you can say, well, yeah, I know they need Jesus, but what he was saying was many people look at us and they think that we're well off and they think we have money and they think we have the comforts of the world and so they think that we don't need teaching and guiding. We need Jesus as bad as anybody else and we need to be reminded, refreshed and taught. So many people put up a facade and hide behind a social status or money or comforts or overconfidence. But the truth is that everyone needs Jesus. 
And so if we have to bless someone who you think they're already being blessed, and if we have to bless them to show that we're open to, to, for God to use us, and it gives us a chance to give Jesus to them, then that's what we do. We cast the net all over. God brings in the result. It's not for us to decide who gets this blessing. If we know that every time we cast, we're going to give Jesus. We are called to scatter the seeds of His Word wherever we go. It's not up to us to determine where to scatter. It's not up to us to predict where truth will be received or not. Oh, I'm going to scare it, but I know He's not to receive it, or I know He doesn't need it. That's, that's not for us to do. God said scatter wherever you go. Only God knows someone's heart and someone's situation and someone's desperation at any given time. Our job is to go to them and give them Jesus. We can't just expect that people will come to us or just walk in these doors. We have to go to them. We have to be in the schools. We have to be in the community. We have to be in people's lives. We have to give them Jesus. This is all of our responsibility to do. And when we're faithful to see every situation as an opportunity to share Jesus, then God gets the glory. It's not about us. They don't even have to come into our church. When we are doing things, we don't. We're, if someone goes to another church, if they get a better relationship with God, then praise God. I met with several pastors from Grayling. I meet with them once a month. And I was trying to share with them, it doesn't matter the program you do. So many times pastors are looking for a program to build their church. It's not what the Bible says. This is what the Bible says. It's not going to be behind me in the notes, but what the Bible says in Acts chapter 2, when the church grew and multiplied, it said they just went from house to house. So they broke bread with one another. They had fellowship with one another. And they shared with one another all they had. And when they just did those basic things and studied the doctrine, when they did those basic things, it says the Lord added to their church. Not because they had the best VBS in town. Now, that's great. We could do those things, but we need to have the right motivation for doing it. And what I'm saying is if we just share Jesus, God's going to add to our church, and He's going to add to other churches. Praise God. He's going he's to bless other communities. Praise God. We're all part of the same family. Our motivation is to share Jesus, wherever that leads. When we're faithful to see every situation as an opportunity to share Jesus, God gets the glory. He gets the credit. He gets the thanks. A lost soul is found. A dead life is resurrected. Someone's eternity is changed forever. And the family of God gets bigger and bigger. Acts 3, verse 7. And Peter took him by the hand, by the right hand, and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and his ankle bones received strength. There is a part for each of us to play. We can't just stop at 
praying for somebody or preaching to them, we need to come alongside of them. We need to get down with them. We need to get in the muck and the mire with them, knowing that the Holy Spirit goes before us. We need to connect with them at a personal level to take them by the hand and to lift them out of despair. We need to believe for them and with them until they are able to stand. And when we give them Jesus, we give them hope. They will receive strength and peace and forgiveness and healing. Right now, you don't even know this. Right now, somewhere out there, somewhere around in the area, someone is waiting on us. Someone is waiting on each one of us. Not to just give them food. That might be the beginning or what they say. They're not just looking for silver and gold. They're not just looking for a surface need. They are waiting for someone to come into their life, offering them a genuine connection to give them Jesus. Will that someone be you? Acts 3, verse 8. So he, the man, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. You mean he did that in the temple? Is that, is that right to do that? To jump up and down and have fun in the house of God? It's about being in God's presence. He jumped up and he leapt up and he praised God and he was not silent. You couldn't hold him back. The prophet Jeremiah said, I'm, I grow tired of holding God's Word. I cannot hold it back any longer. It's like a burning fire. It's got to come out. When you change someone's life, they cannot help but talk about Jesus. And if He changed our lives, why have we stopped talking about Jesus? We've got to give them Jesus. Notice He didn't just stand when He got His health. He leaped up. He began walking and jumping and praising God for everyone to hear. He knew that Jesus had met him, not at his surface request, but in meeting the need of his heart. He was healed because the name of Jesus was intentionally put into his situation. And he wasn't even asking for it. He was asking for alms. And he got Jesus. We must be intentional. We must believe that every situation is an opportunity to give Jesus. We can't be afraid of what others might think or what they might say. If we truly love others as we are commanded to do, then what better shows our love than giving them Jesus and the power of His Word? Acts 3, verse 9. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. With so many of the miracles of God, a ripple effect ensues. Because whether you realize or not, people are always watching. People are always watching you on the outskirts, on the fringes. 
Is that real? I see that person, they say this, and they wear this cross necklace, and I know they walk in that building, but is their faith real? And I'm not saying that it's not always a bad thing, but part of them wants to say, see, it's easy to be holy and great when things are going well in your life, but they watch you, especially when you go through a trial, when you, go, when you have to grieve a loss, when you go through an injustice and an unfair situation. That's when they're watching, and there's no greater time for your evangelism to come forth. At that time, if you trust in Jesus, it is not easy. But God gives us these divine opportunities to share Jesus. Now, there will be naysayers, people coming against the works of God. But that's nothing to fear or to give attention to. We are to keep looking up to the hills. Because the Bible says that is where our help comes from. The Lord God, maker of heaven and earth, He is our answer. And when we give out to Jesus, we see people's lives changed. It pulls more and more people from the fridge, I'm sorry, from the fringe to the cross. And those people who are way out there now step into the fringe. It's a constant movement if we are faithful to give out Jesus. Just one changed life can change a family. Just one changed family can change a neighborhood. Just one changed neighborhood can change a community. And the ripple effect grows and grows and God gets all the glory and honor. This is what we are all called to do as Christians. Following Jesus. Sharing the truth of the light of His Word into the world. But we must be giving out His Word. We must not shrink back from this calling. Jesus is speaking to all of us, every single one of us. We have to give differently than how the world gives. Listen to this, John chapter 14, verse 27. Jesus came. And He said He was speaking of the Holy Spirit and speaking of, of, of what would happen soon. And not everyone understood it, but He said these words. He said, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. What Jesus is saying is, is He does not give as the world gives. Even though people may ask for things, God's saying, I know your heart, it's bigger than that. Do you remember when Jesus, when the, when the men brought the paralytic to Jesus for him to be healed? Do you remember what Jesus' first words were? It says, your, I, I, your, your sins are forgiven. And everyone looked at what are you talking about? He needs to be healed. and you, God knows the depth of your heart that the most important thing that we give out is Jesus. Jesus gives peace. And He implores us not to be afraid, but to just obey. Don't be afraid what others may think when you're in the grocery store. Don't be afraid what others may think when God gives you an opportunity. Now you pray about it for discernment, but don't let yourself convince you, oh, this is not a safe place. I can't do this in the public square. 
If you always tell yourself that, then you will never hear the voice of God who gave you an opportunity to share Jesus with someone who really needs it. Yes, there's wisdom and yes, there's discernment. But let God give you that confirmation, not your fear. As you look for your next opportunity, pray that God will prepare someone's heart. That God will open someone's mind. That the seed of the Word will fall on fertile ground. Like Jesus said, don't let your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. Believe that Jesus will bring peace to someone's turmoil. That He will bring light into someone's darkness. That He will open the eyes of the blind. That He will soften the heart of those who stand in bitterness. That He will bind up the wounds of those who are hurting. And that He will make His abode, His dwelling, in the soul of one who is praying to know God right now. Every situation we face, every chance we encounter with another, every conversation we have is an opportunity to share Jesus. This is the focus that we all need to have. Colossians 3, verses 23 and 24. Whatever you do, whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. In whatever we do, let us always seek to give out Jesus intentionally for it is He whom we gladly serve. You might not ever know it. You might not ever see what happens to your gift. The people that are praying for you to share with Jesus with them right now, you might not ever see it until you get to heaven. But I guarantee if you are faithful to take advantage of the opportunities that God gives us, there will be a whole lot of people who are thankful for your obedience. God is faithful. God has changed so many lives. Look around you. Every one of us is a life that was changed because somebody loved us enough to give us Jesus. Let us share that love. Let us give Jesus to the world. Let's leave the result and the credit to God. God, I pray for your strength. We pray for your boldness. We pray for your protection and your discernment. Put us into the schools. Put us into businesses. Put us into families and neighborhoods. Put us into conversations where people have different views than what we have, different experiences. May we walk in your authority, but may we walk in your love. Let us all be faithful to give Jesus to the world. In your precious name we pray. Amen.